Welcome to this special bonus episode of Song and Story. It has been over six years since I released a full album, and almost four years since I officially released any new music at all. So if you haven't heard through our various social media channels, I've finally just released a brand new album. It's called Ohio, and I want to tell you more about it in my own way. Because, as is the theme of this podcast, there's a story behind these songs and why I wanted to record them. This story begins on December 22nd, 1985. And yes, it involves Bruce Springsteen. If you've listened to every episode of Song and Story, then you know that I mention Bruce at some point in pretty much every episode. I genuinely love his music, and I'm finally going to tell you why and how it relates to the album I've just released. As far as being a fan goes, I'm still technically a young one, though the roots run deep, and the roots are what I'm going to unearth for you right now. Kevin, look here. Hi, Kevin. Say hi. What's hi, up, Kevin. Kevin, say hi, Kevin. Hi. Okay. Ah, that's our boy at his best right there, folks. Fifteen years from now when we watch this, that's how we're going to remember Kevin. Our Hyder family home videos begin on the evening of December 22nd, 1985. That's when my dad got his first video camera. It recorded straight to the original full-size VHS tapes. The first 10 minutes of our home videotape is my mom, my sister Valerie, and myself hanging out in the living room while my dad figures out how the camera works and narrates a bit as he goes. We're going to zoom in on Kevin Heider's beautiful face. That's my dad's voice. He's patronizing me. I'm clearly tired and acting grumpy. And in this scene, I'm just sitting on the couch with a blanket and a bottle. I'm almost two years old. Bedtime, 7.47, December 22nd, 1985, for Kevin Hyder. <coughs> blanket. Blanket. It's a nice blanket, Kev. Now I'm going to skip ahead to less than a minute later. Out of 30-plus hours of videotape, this is the 9-minute and 34-second mark of the Hyder family home video anthology. Do you recognize that music? It's Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. Or as my dad narrates, we're listening to some of the hit rock music of the time period. Listening to some of the hit rock music of the time period. That time period including December 22nd, 1985 at 7.52 p.m. Born in the USA was released in June of 1984, less than two months after I was born. And 18 months later, in December of 1985, it was still a hot record. Now, a popular album is lucky if it has four hit singles. Born in the USA had seven top ten hit songs. And in the first 90 minutes of the Hyder family home video archives, Born in the USA is a common soundtrack blasting in the background. There's our little girl going into the kitchen. Come here, Val. No. What are you doing in there? 
Despite these fond memories and home video evidence of my sister and I literally dancing in the dark to Dancing in the Dark, I didn't really become a Springsteen fan until after I had recorded my own first studio album, The Salzburg Revolution. The week in between Christmas 2009 and New Year's, I spent at Innovation Studios in Steubenville, Ohio, recording an album. I had cut Christmas and holiday time with my family short so that I could record the record. And that was strange for me. I'm a family man through and through, and Christmas is my favorite time of the year. And this lack of quality time with my family over the holidays left me wanting. Feeling nostalgic and having just spent a little time at home reviewing all the home videotapes that my dad spent hours digitizing, I bought my first Bruce Springsteen album, Born in the USA. The purchase was 100% driven by nostalgia. I bought it for posterity's sake. And then the music genuinely moved me. I felt the pain of the Vietnam vet in the title track, who lost his brother in the war and returned home unable to find work and rebuild his life. I felt the rush of youthful optimism and no surrender. I heard my dad belting out his caricature of the boss when blasting I'm going down. I listened to glory days and remembered the fun I had hanging out with friends in college, playing music in the bars and coffee shops on campus. And then there's the last track on the album, My Hometown. Where the rest of the record feels anthemic and big, My Hometown feels intimate, small, and especially personal. Bruce sings in the first verse. I was eight years old, running with a dime in my hand, to the bus stop to pick up a paper for my old man. I'd sit on his lap in that big old Buick and steer as we drove through town. He'd tassel my hair and say, son, take a good look around. This is your hometown. Now, giving a kid a dime and sending him to the bus stop to pick up a newspaper wasn't still a thing when I was eight years old. And in 1992, it certainly was no longer kosher to let a kid sit on your lap and pretend to steer while you were actually driving. But it didn't matter because the way Bruce writes and sings about his childhood made me remember my own. I hadn't really lived at home in Dayton for about seven years at this point, but this closing song made me think fondly of my hometown in Ohio. I was living in the D.C. area of Virginia around this time, and on the eve of my 26th birthday, which I spent alone in my house eating Arby's roast beef sandwiches and watching VH1 Storytellers with Bruce Springsteen, I wrote the following words in a song of my own, a song written to my eight-year-old self. When people criticize you, ask if what they say is true. Don't ever forget where it is that you came from. And boy, take a good look at your father Close your eyes and ready, set, become I bought my first Bruce Springsteen record in January of 2010. By the middle of 2011, I owned, that is, I had legally purchased, 
all 16 of Bruce's albums, and a bunch of bonus material, official releases of bootleg shows, multiple concert DVDs and documentaries, etc. There's just something about his songs and his stories, about his combination of music and lyrics that gets me. In my entire high school experience, there isn't a single moment that even slightly resembles me sitting next to a pretty, barefoot girl on the hood of a Dodge, drinking warm beer in the soft summer rain. I didn't drink in high school, and I drove a Chevy. It was an 86 celebrity station wagon that I never took out racing in the streets. But the way Bruce sings these songs, it makes me feel like I can remember the experiences he's describing as if they were my own. And that is good songwriting. As much as I've appreciated listening to and thinking about Bruce's music over the years, I wanted to honor it in my own way. This is why my new album is Ohio. Now, I'm calling it Ohio to keep it simple, but the full official title, maybe for legal purposes, is Ohio, a tribute to Springsteen. As the title suggests, this is a covers album, my arrangements and reimaginings of some of my favorite Springsteen songs. More specifically, these are totally new takes on 10 of Bruce's songs spanning nine different albums all recorded in the style of Nebraska. If you're unfamiliar with Bruce's Nebraska album, it's iconic for a whole bunch of reasons. He recorded it in 1982 in his bedroom in New Jersey. The recordings were only ever intended to be acoustic demos for another full band record with the E Street Band. But a few months later, this 10-song collection of bedroom demos was released. And this still young rock and roll star, who in the last five years had begun selling out stadiums and arenas and had gained a reputation for regularly playing shows that lasted three plus hours, had created a folk masterpiece. Acoustic guitar, harmonica, an occasional mandolin, a light organ on one or two tracks, and that's it. The guitar is occasionally out of tune, his vocals peak in spots, the production is minimal, the reverb is loaded. There's no band, it's just Bruce playing his guitar alone in his bedroom. And isn't that what every real fan really wants to hear? Their favorite musician playing alone in their bedroom? Trying out some new songs, songs that feel different from anything they've written before? That was Nebraska, and it's what I hope I've achieved with Ohio. This is a passion project through and through, and it is entirely homemade. I produced and mixed all of the songs myself. Bruce recorded Nebraska in his bedroom in New Jersey, and I recorded Ohio in my old bedroom at my parents' house here in Dayton, Ohio. I didn't have the primitive equipment of a four-track tape recorder, but I kept the tech to a minimum. I recorded all of the songs using my podcast microphone, the same one I'm speaking into right now, and I mixed them using my home video editing software. I didn't have anything fancy like Pro Tools, I didn't do any pitch correction on my vocals, I didn't record to a metronome. I played it straight, 
and in the spirit of Nebraska, I kept Ohio simple. I handpicked and arranged each song, and some of them sound very different than the originals. Some songs I picked because I admired the craftsmanship, and some songs I chose because they're special to my wife and I. We love singing My Lucky Day with our kids, and the first song we danced to at our wedding was If I Should Fall Behind. Even though I didn't write any of these songs myself, they all feel just as personal to me as any of my own. So if you're a fellow Springsteen fan, I hope as you listen to Ohio that you feel I've done Bruce justice, that I've stayed true to the spirit of his songwriting. And for the rest of you, for you who may not be all too familiar with Bruce's music, for you who roll your eyes every time I mention him on this podcast, give Ohio a chance. If you like the music you've heard from me over the years, you'll like this too. This album is me. I just didn't write the songs. With an exclusive digital release, Ohio is available on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, Deezer, Google Play, YouTube, and more. Buy it, stream it, share it, tell your friends, your family to listen to Ohio. And from the bottom of my heart, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Oh, P.S. For Halloween 2010, I went to a party dressed as the Born in the USA album cover. Only one guy at the party knew what I was without explanation. Shout out to Brian Kissinger. All my other friends just rolled their eyes as I explained why I had an American flag taped to a giant poster board hanging backwards from my neck. Side note, not that this costume had anything to do with it. It didn't but I am now married to one of the women who hosted that party. So literally anything is possible. I've mentioned her many times on this podcast. Her name is Kristen. She's a nurse. She's amazing. She's kind. She's good. She's beautiful. If you're a recent fan of my music, she's my permanent valentine. If you've been a fan for a while, she's also the girl from Frederick. And if you're a true fan, God bless you. She is Maria. But this has all gone on long enough. If you want to know more, go do some homework and listen to Ohio. Peace. <laughs>